0: This is the 12 Songs of Christmas, my podcast about Christmas music. I'm Alex Rawls in uptown New Orleans, and today I'm talking about indie rock and Christmas music with Gareth Jones, who has worked with Manchester, England's Aid Records to put out a series of indie rock Christmas albums titled A Very Cherry Christmas. Because of coronavirus, last year was a Very Cherry Christmas EP, and we talk about the series, last year's EP and the hows and whys of indie rock Christmas music. For me, that's one of the animating questions behind this whole show, because although I grew up liking Christmas music, and I certainly like it now, in my teenage years, when I was my record collection, and my most meaningful relationships were all based on shared musical interests, I didn't connect to Christmas music, especially made by guys in sweater vests and dinner jackets. That was mom and dad music. And even though I wasn't consciously thinking in these terms yet, the music I listened to helped to draw the line of where mom and dad left off and I began. But rock and Christmas haven't always played well together. And for me, the very cherry Christmas comps are a mixed bag on that front. Some I really like, while some are like a lot of indie rock. A little too clever, a little too reflexive in their disdain for anything conventional. Gareth and I worked through all that. But first... Jazz gets the short end of the stick on 12 songs, and it shouldn't. I hear a lot of the same personality and creativity in Christmas jazz that I hear in every other kind of Christmas music. One of my seasonal staples is organ player Jimmy Smith, whose Christmas Cookin' from 1964 shows why he remains one of the most beloved soul jazz organists. I'm amused by the bossa nova White Christmas and the hard groove of Jingle Bells, but the winner hands down is the opening track, God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. A Salvation Army band starts, playing the traditional melody stiffly. As it reaches the end, it sounds like Smith has lost all patience with the song and elbows the trumpet player, who slurs a dirty descending lick that gives Smith an opening to attack the song and force it to swing. After that, the classic Christmas hymn becomes a tug-of-war between Smith and the horns, each taking over for stretches as the horns try to prop up the rigor of the song as we know it while Smith clearly hears it as a launching pad for his own self-expression. In the end, Smith wins because it's his album, but not so much that the song gets lost. The horns remind us what song we're hearing often enough to know why we're listening to it, while Smith is able to coax as much soul as possible out of a handful of notes on his Hammond B3. From Christmas Cooking, this is God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen on 12 Songs. We'll be back on the other side with Gareth Jones. before we start getting into who we are and, you know, in kind of the meat of talking about indie rock and, uh, Christmas first off, give us a song you particularly like from the 2020 very cherry Christmas EP.
1: Um, it's, uh, I guess it's possibly a pastiche of the beach boys or a homage to the beach boys, uh, a track called surfing Santa. Um, it's, it's definitely a modern track, but it has a, a real 60s feel as well uh, by an artist called Building Rockets. And he's essentially one man, a one man band. His name's Sam Heath, and he comes from Austin, Texas.
0: All right, then we'll check that out and then we'll come back with the conversation. i met you or become aware of you through this series, A Very Cherry Christmas. And so we should start then. What is A Very Cherry Christmas and how long has that been going on?
1: The The label, Cherry Aid Records, is a very DIY label, totally DIY. Always very limited releases. Um, we don't sell on, you know, Amazon and all the big companies. It's always been a very much cottage industry. You know, they literally post and pack the CDs and send them out to people um, and it started off uh, by a lady called Rachel Nyman. It was her label, and she was based in the UK city of Lancaster. She now lives in Manchester. Um, and she was just putting out releases by bands that she liked that didn't have a record deal, uh, the kind of bands that would have been played by John Peel, who is no longer with us, but um, quite alternative. Bands a bit like The Fall, that kind of stuff. Sure. Alternative, Riot Girl, you know, that kind of stuff. And uh, Rachel is Jewish but she totally loves Christmas songs. And so after picking out a few releases by some bands she liked, she decided to put together a Christmas compilation. And uh, that has run and run ever since. Uh, so it started in 2005, and uh, we were up to, before the pandemic, we were up to volume 14.
0: Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. And this year, and, and 2020 was just a, uh, an EP,
1: yeah, so we've, we've always kept it um, quite old school, a physical CD. I know we're in the age of streaming and downloads and everything, but we like the idea of it being a CD that you have to put on and hopefully listen to all the way through. Um, and uh, with the pandemic, that caused a few problems. The guy that presses our CDs, um, he wasn't working, basically. Uh, obviously, we could have gone to a different company, but we like to use the same guy. Um, we didn't feel it was right to approach bands last year, to be honest with you, I normally email loads of bands saying, hey, would you like to do a Christmas song? And we just thought maybe it wasn't the right climate. Um, so we weren't going to do anything last year at all, to be honest. And then I got a trickle of emails from bands saying, are you doing the CD this year? Ah, and ah, I said, uh, ah. oh, we're not, we're not. But uh, um, basically about four, four or five people contacted me and I normally contact hundreds of bands. But only about four or five contacted me saying, we'd like to do something. And I said, well, we're not doing it. And then I came up with the idea of having an EP. And we did a six track EP, which obviously is not quite the same as like a 20 track CD. But, uh, you know, it sort of filled the gap nicely.
0: Sure. So these aren't tracks that you, you know, that either you found, they only exist that you're actually asking people for uh, for submissions in this case.
1: It's, uh, it's a combination. Primarily, I'm asking for submissions. Uh, I have occasionally found some tracks on Bandcamp, where a band have done it as a you know a free download or whatever, and I've said, hey, we do this CD, would you mind if we put the song on there? Um, so I've occasionally approached bands with existing tracks, but, yeah, the vast majority, I'd say about 90% of the tracks are uh, recorded especially for us.
0: So that has to sort of changed the equation, I'd imagine, because you... Obviously, you have some idea what you're going to get if you're interested in an artist enough to ask them to contribute. But, you know, in a way, it's almost like a present when it comes to you, because you then discover what they did.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I I draw up my own personal kind of wish list and contact bands, but then, obviously, bands come to us. um, And quite often, the bands that come to us, we've never heard of before, so we don't know what we're going to get. I'll be honest, there's only been... In the entire history of this series, there's only been two occasions where we've rejected a song. I was about to say. We feel ask. it's, you know, if they've gone to the effort of writing and recording a song, we feel it's a little harsh to say, sorry, it's not good enough. There's only been two occasions where we've turned them down, um, basically because it was so low fi and so poorly recorded. It was just too technically so bad that uh, we just didn't think it would fit amongst the other tracks. But we, let, we wouldn't let them. Sorry, but we let them down gently, you know.
0: <laughs> In the abstract, would you like, have you run songs that you thought, eh, I, I'd, I'd rather not have chosen that one. But, you know, they were sports, so we're going with them.
1: They've definitely been, there's definitely been songs I've liked less, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, there was one particular occasion where a band had recorded a track for us and they wanted it exclusively for the CD. They weren't going to put it out themselves. They'd used a proper recording studio. They hadn't sort of done it in their bedrooms or whatever. So they had spent money on this thing. And um it wasn't about Christmas. I mean the whole, uh, <laughs> the, uh, whole cri- uh, uh, the whole criteria is obviously about Christmas. And we're we're flexible, you know, if you just if you want to write it about winter or snow, not specifically about Christmas. We'll allow that. That's okay. But there was nothing in the lyrics whatsoever that hinted at winter or Christmas or anything. Um, And uh, so it felt like it shouldn't go on there, but they were like so excited and they'd hired a studio and everything to record it. So we just let it on. And I think we put it on as like the penultimate track on the CD.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Actually, it surprises me you don't get that more.
1: I think they just thought this guy puts together this annual indie Christmas compilation. They weren't thinking about it being Christmas. I think they just thought it's an, an, an annual indie Christmas compilation that's
0: an indie compilation. Right, that comes out at Christmas time.
1: Um, I mean, we'll allow, you know, we're open to anything. There's been some folk tracks and uh, there have been other genres on there. Um, but um, I don't know. I think it's, I started doing this, um, I got involved in the series from volume nine, as I say, yeah, uh, we went up to volume 14 before we did the EP, so it's been going a long time. Uh, Rachel, who uh, ran the label, she had some health issues and some personal issues, so she got me on board because she knew I collected this stuff. And, um, yeah, just many years ago, I just, I don't know, I was into indie bands and Britpop and all that kind of stuff, and one or two bands started doing Christmas songs, and eventually I found enough to make a mixtape, and then I just started collecting and it's just sort of gone on from there. So this sort of goes back to the early 90s, I suppose. And uh, I've amassed a massive collection of indie alternative Christmas songs. I'm open to other genres. I don't learn country or folk. or. But there's just something about, uh, you know, obviously there was Lowe and Sufjan Stevens, and I may have said that. I don't know if it's it. Sufjan. That's how I it. Uh, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, a lot of those artists were making brilliant records, and uh, I like all the other stuff. Who doesn't like Mariah Carey? Well, that particular song, anyway. I don't know. <laughs> I particularly into her entire back catalogue, but uh, you know, I like pop. You know, I like soul. I don't. I don't mind other genres. But there was just something about. I guess there was something about generally miserable indie bands suddenly writing some <laughs> uplifting Christmas songs. That isn't to say that they're all uplifting. Uh, one of the beauties about this series is, that as I say, we leave it open to interpretation. You can write anything if it's about Christmas. And we've had a whole bunch of negative Christmas songs. I'll just run a few titles for you if, if that's okay. Sure, of course. Um, there was an artist called Paul Hawkins. Uh, he had a song called Getting a Divorce for Christmas. <laughs> Um, There was a band called Doris and the Jumpers And they had a song called Murder Under the Mistletoe And I'll just run through a few other titles And I'll just run through a few other titles This is going back through the history of the various volumes of A Very Cherry Christmas Uh, It was was Christmas That Killed Us Uh, There's a song called Christmas on Prozac Christmas Day Alone Christmas Sucks You Ruined Christmas and it's Christmas time We're as miserable as sin ah, ah, so, uh, ah. so I think there's just something about indie bands Either doing totally uplifting Christmas songs Or, you know, really miserable Christmas songs It's
2: getting darker.
0: leads into one i one of my favorites from this year uh happiest time of the year uh by little ways with the chorus it's me and leonard cohen for christmas
1: yes. <laughs> that song is actually a cover version although i'm not not sure how familiar she is in the u.s an artist from swansea in wales called Helen love ah uh, that song dates back to the 90s and uh, it was only on it was only on a limited edition like think it was on a flexi disc so it's quite an obscure track that this band decided to cover Um, and uh, so hopefully now their version will get a slightly wider audience
3: christmas time can be so blue. Christmas time can get you down when all that you hear is the happy sound of children singing in the street. Bright lights round the Christmas trees. It's no fun being on your own, living in a house that's not a home. Just me and a cohen for Christmas.
1: This meal
0: and Christmas. So do you remember what the songs were that initially sort of got you down this path?
1: Uh, but as I say, it started, it would have started in the 90s where bands just did an odd track on one of their albums or as a B-side or something. Sure. So I know Eels did Everything's Gonna Be Cool This Christmas. That was a B-side. I think it was on Cancer of the Cure, possibly. Um, and the band Denim, I don't know if you're familiar with mm-hmm. Denim, uh, Lawrence, he was in a, an 80s indie band called Felt. And uh, these days he has a band called Go-Kart Mozart. I don't, I don't know sure. if this is known in America. Probably quite <laughs> quite obscure. But uh, in the 90s, he had a band called Denim. And he had a song uh, on an album called I Will Cry at Christmas. So it was just all these kind of little one-off tracks that appeared on B-sides or albums. And I put them together on a mixtape. And then, as I say, it just it sort of went from there. And then I started looking for the stuff.
0: Right. For me, the 80s are a little bit of a dead zone. There are songs that hit in there, but there's a lot of, I've had a lot of Christmas music from that time is either so cynical, um, cynical either just uh, philosophically or the fact that someone cut it felt just like embarrassingly commercial. Like they just went ahead and put, you know, their artistic selves on the shelf to just crank out something. And, uh, but sure. I, found it for, yeah.
1: I mean, I, I, was, I was born in 76, um, and so living through the 80s, I just knew the big stuff like Wham! Last Christmas and Band-Aid, Do They Know It's Christmas? So it wasn't until I was in my teens that I kind of investigated into more alternative stuff.
0: As I go back, I find somewhere in the 90s, people started trying to find ways to make Christmas music that made sense for them.
1: Um, I think it's definitely changed, especially with, say, Bandcamp, you know. I mean, when we started the A Very Cherry Christmas series, I say it started in 2005, at that point, if you were an unsigned independent band, you basically had two options. You funded to press a seven-inch or a CD single of your Christmas track, which then you may have 200 copies sat under your bed and sold for the rest of your career. Right? Um, or you could have put your song on MySpace, which is what some of the bands did back then. Um, and that was about it, really. There wasn't, there weren't really many other avenues, um, and there weren't particularly many indie alternative Christmas radio shows. And there weren't just, there weren't the avenues there. Now, fast forward to today, and you've got like Bandcamp. You know, you don't have to physically put it out if you don't want to. You can record your song, put it up there, charge a dollar or whatever you want, and the whole world can access it just like that.
3: This song for the season Was written in spring For the simple reason It takes time To write and record these things Oh well Don't have a tubular bell My spirit's long gone to hell And it's been months since snow fell I'm not one for the sunshine
0: The idea that there is actually a market um, I suppose makes the whole concept a little more conc- a little more concrete.
1: Um, yeah, again, not just Bandcamp, but the internet in general. I mean, I used to follow a website called Missile Tunes, which would review um, new Christmas releases. And for many years, that was the only thing I knew that was out there. And I thought there was just this one guy, and he was the only person in the world that, that liked right. this stuff. Um, but now there are so many music blogs dedicated to Christmas music. And then, uh, you know, people are tweeting and the word has just got out there. And maybe some people that didn't know they might like this stuff have become fans of it in recent years.
0: Yeah, I think one of the things I think has been really interesting is I think as people have figured out how to put Christmas music, how to make Christmas music make sense now and in a contemporary urban and contemporary musical environment, uh, that has to be changing things. Because you think about certainly you know i'm older than you are and when i was you know as a teenager that i was actually rather at that time i was pretty down on christmas music because that you know christmas music at the time that i would hear was andy williams it was you know the standards and all of which was mom and dad's music at a point when i was looking for my music and and i and you think about now, you can actually hear Christmas songs that are are in the musical language that you appreciate, whether i have like i have uh dubstep and uh electronic christmas music and, and I have folk have you know lo fi have chip tune have you know kind of all across the sort of the electronic uh, across the musical uh spectrum people are figuring out how to talk about Christmas in a contemporary idiom. And so in some ways it make, you know, it makes sense that there's simply more out there because and that there's more interest because it's now in terms we understand.
1: Yeah, and I think you were saying how like the 80s was not a great period for it. And I think a lot of artists, particularly indie alternative artists, they would have probably thought it was very uncool to have done a Christmas song looking back on the history they were like we don't want to do things like wham or whatever and i think times have changed and now as you say so many genres will attempt it now i think it's just acceptable
0: now yeah i think so too um let's go to another song and then i want to come back and sort of build on this a little bit tell me about elf riot
1: Alf Riot um, is a track by a band called The Portrait. Uh, they're a three-piece from Jacksonville. And I have to say, probably if it wasn't for them, the EP may not have come into fruition because they were the first people to email me last year saying, hey, hey, Gareth, are you doing a CD this year? Uh, they were in a band called Baromacat, I think that's how you pronounce it, um, who did a track on the CD last year um, in uh, uh in 2019 on volume 14 their song on that on that volume was called santa is a werewolf Um, and that song got picked up on uk national radio stations Uh, Much to my surprise and delight Um, And then the band broke up And formed a new band called The Portrait So she was the first person to email me this year Last year saying uh, "You know, Are you doing a CD this year? And at the time I said, well, no we're not I said, if we get four or five people that contact us Then we can do something Um, And they specially wrote it for us They have put it out on their band camp They have put it out on their band camp subsequently But uh, at the time it was intended to be Exclusively for us And uh, it's quite a rocking song
0: yeah. I like yeah, I like that one a lot. Engaged in Christmas music as America is.
1: <laughs> That's a very interesting question because obviously we sell this CD on Bandcamp and we see everyone's addresses, and the vast majority of orders come from overseas. <laughs> 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 if there are bands on the CD from the UK, then friends of that band may make a purchase. But I would say I would say about eighty percent of the orders come from america and canada um and uh, we get a few from other places like australia and japan but the the vast majority of people that order the cd living live in america i would say
0: okay if we listen to the radio would we be hearing the the same quantity of christmas music during the holiday season
1: in the UK, we have um, a national alternative station called Six Music run by the BBC. And on the run up to Christmas, they play alternative Christmas songs. In terms of commercial Christmas songs, there is usually a dedicated station in December. Sometimes actually it starts in November. Um, a commercial station that plays nonstop stop mariah wham andy williams all that kind of stuff sure so i guess there's one national station that runs in the uk that plays the commercial that plays the commercial stuff and there's one national alternative station that does play it but you know like maybe one one or two songs an hour at the most um but it's not wall to wall like it could be in america
0: right is that a recent development or can you have any feeling for how long it's even had that much presence
1: uh, I think as a sort of a designated commercial Christmas station, probably within the last in the last sort of seven seven or eight years, perhaps for that, uh, BBC Six Music has always played a few sprinkled in here and there, but uh, they've slightly increased it over the last two to three years. Um, but it's certainly not it's not a big phenomenon here like it is in America. Definitely not.
0: Right. That's where I kind of was going with it, and there's and there isn't the history. There's there's a there's a history of the importance of the Christmas single, but there's not the same sort of his, you know, history of Christmas music as this large essential body of work that is sort of an integral part of the uh, of the holiday.
1: Um, not, yeah. I mean, yes and no. It's it's wall to wall if you go shopping. <laughs> 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 You know, uh, radio not so much, but certainly, yeah. If you go shopping, I mean, I mean, maybe there was one good thing about the pandemic that people that didn't want to hear this stuff weren't going to the shops, right? Uh, they weren't. <laughs> 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 but um, aside from uh, supermarkets and uh, and shopping centres and stuff, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly not a big phenomena. But the idea of releasing a Christmas song in the UK, you know, goes back. You know many many years, and we had we used to have Christmas number one singles. the chart was a big thing in this country, less so now because it's determined by streaming and everything right but when it was physical sales, you know it was a big deal to have the Christmas number one single right uh, many Christmas number ones many Christmas number one singles have got nothing to do with Christmas, of course, they're not Christmas songs. but it was still a really big major deal to have a Christmas number one single in the UK but and in terms of actually, Loving Christmas songs over here, yeah, it's it's less of a thing.
0: Okay. Now, one of the things I've been thinking about, and I think about indie Christmas music, is does it sound like Christmas? And you know, and I and I every year I will make I my story is a little bit like yours in that I started in uh, in, in the nineties. I started putting together you know i found a bunch of uh, christmas cds in a secondhand store and used them that year i was entertained and i ended up pulling together enough to make a, a a cassette for friends for christmas as a christmas card
1: yeah it was the same story as me
0: yeah and you know and that's that's where the collection started and over time as i was always finding that i really liked sort of the more indie christmas stuff i could find but it didn't sound like Christmas. It didn't sound right next to you know a Peggy Lee song or next to a Jack Jones or something like that. And I've been trying to sort out if Christmas, if there's something essentially different between contemporary Christmas music and Christmas music past, or if Christmas music past sounds like Christmas because we're just so used to hearing it associated with Christmas.
1: I think there's, I guess there's a fundamental difference between the overall sound in terms of the music, whether they're sleigh bells or not, and the lyrics. And yes, absolutely many indie alternative Christmas songs don't sound musically Christmassy at all. They don't use sleigh bells. They use guitars and they sound like they're rock and roll songs. Um, but, I mean, I don't know, Peggy Lee and Andy Williams, they weren't all, they were, may have been big band swing kind of songs, but if you change the lyrics, they may not have sounded Christmassy. So you
3: rented half the restaurant Doesn't mean you get to do everything you
2: want Your waiters get paid to inspire Christmas.
1: Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick at Christmas. I mean, I think of uh, Andy Williams' music to watch girls by, that's a summer song. Um, it's the most wonderful it's the most wonderful time of the year could have been about the summer, if the lyrics were changed. You know, the, you don't hear it and necessarily hear a Christmas vibe to the song, even though we know what it's about.
0: Right. Is this the Christmas music you listen to around the house?
1: Um, I'm quite open, uh, but I must admit, I don't generally stick on Andy Williams, Peggy Lee, but that doesn't mean to say I don't like it. If I put on uh, a station that plays it nonstop, I'm very happy to hear it. We do have, um, you know, my own compilations of classic Christmas uh, tracks from the 50s and 60s and you know, it's not, uh, it's not that I'm against it at all. I do like it, but it's not my prime uh, interest in Christmas music.
0: Oh, actually, what I was going to say is, do you listen to indie Christmas music around the house?
1: Um, I listen to it. Um, I usually force my wife subject her to, <laughs> <laughs> to the latest... <laughs> When we've uh, come up with the running order for A Very Cherry Christmas, I normally play it to her before we actually get the CD pressed. Um, But uh, yeah, generally, I I try not to uh, play it too much. Um, I I listen to it with headphones on probably more likely rather than just playing it out loud around the house.
0: Yeah, I, I, I find I'm in a little bit the same situation, that my wife likes this stuff. She likes that I like this stuff. But the farther I get a the more I feel like I'm being um, humored, <laughs> rather than rather than having someone completely share my passion. And uh, that at some level, at some level, ultimately, she you know, like a lot of people, she wants to hear the song she knows, which which I completely understand.
1: That's a, that's interesting in itself because I used to work in an office. Remember those days working in an office? So crazy. Uh, I- Uh, I used to work in an office And um, on the run-up to Christmas We were allowed to have Christmas music on And various members of staff complained That they heard the same old songs Year after year, the same Christmas compilations And I said, well, I've got lots that, That aren't the same old ones So I brought in some compilations Some I'd made and some I'd bought That weren't the same old songs And I think we'd had it on for Maybe half an hour And then they went, oh I don't know any of these, I don't know these. And then they took it off and put right. on Now That's What I for Christmas.
0: Ah, 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 ah. Oh, I know what I want to ask you about. Uh, one of the things you were surprised by was uh, one year, or was it one year, or you got a few covers of the Wombles, of Wombling Merry Christmas?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, generally we approach bands wanting original Christmas songs. But obviously, a lot of artists will want to do cover versions and we're not going to stop them. Um, and we get the usual, you know, we've had covers of Christmas wrapping and Christmas baby, please come home, and all the usual kind of suspects. But we had these two covers on different volumes, uh, volume 10 and volume 12, of A Wombling Merry Christmas. Now, I, you tell me, because I don't know, because we've got these whole international differences, how well known the Wombles are in America. Are they particularly well known?
0: No. Not that I'm aware of. Uh, I was in. I knew about them in Canada when I lived there, but I don't am not aware of Wombles having any particular sort of presence in the culture uh, here in the states.
1: Yeah, so I, I thought the Wombles were a very British thing. They were very well known in the UK. Um, they had an animated TV series in the 70s. And they had a string of hit singles in the 70s. And it's, it was people in costumes, in big furry costumes, playing guitars, kind of a fictional band. Um, and uh, their, their song, "A Wombling Merry Christmas, was actually number two in the UK in 1974. But I never thought that they were known overseas. And yet we got a cover version from a band from Idaho called The Very Most. Wow. And we got a cover version from a Spanish band called The Yellow Melodies in Spain. And they were
0: covering the numbers.
1: <laughs> uh, 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 uh. What are the chances?
0: Wow. Do you have a have a preferred version?
1: Um, I like them both, and they're both kind of sort of twee and pop down the sort of twee uh, end of the indie world. Um, but there's something about the yellow melodies with their Spanish accents. <laughs> ah. I think. Uh, <laughs> But I think that adds uh, something even more to it, actually, and it sounds completely different to the original. The original was kind of a glam rock stomper kind of song, and their version is kind of, you know, glock and spiel, <laughs> <laughs> very, very, very slow, uh, very twee. <laughs>
3: To the skies when you're lonely There will be stars shining for you Sleepers awake, it's getting late Snow is falling The whole wide world is wobbling
0: To Gareth Jones for the time in the talk. You can get a download of last year's EP and hear tracks from previous year's comps on Bandcamp at Cherry Aid Records, aid spelled A D E. You can also hear a three-hour mix of Christmas music curated by Jones on MixCloud. I'll put a link to it and Cherry aid in the show notes. Thanks to AF the Naysayer for the theme music, and thanks to you for listening. If you haven't already done so, Subscribe or follow 12 Songs wherever you get your podcasts. And if you get them through Apple, a five-star review will help more people find out about what we're doing here. We'll hear one more from a Very Cherry Christmas EP. This is the Hanna-Barbera's Can You Hear the Snowfall? Talk to you next week. ¶¶
3: And you hear the snowfall